Hi, I'm Linda. And I'm Craig. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast, episode 100 at IndieTravelPodcast.com. Episode what? 100! Wow, that's pretty awesome. It's episode 100, and it's also the first episode we have ever recorded in our home country of New Zealand. That is spectacular. That is, I, I think that's just meant, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's really coincided well. We've missed several weeks over the lifetime of the Indie Travel Podcast. <laughs> several and several. But um, yeah, this is episode 100, our first three-digit episode, and we're back home for the first time in forever. That's spectacular. It is. So what we thought we'd do is allow you to indulge us in a little bit of reminiscing. We've been traveling full-time for over three years now. We started in um, 2006. In January, we sold everything we owned. And um, we started traveling. And we've just got home now in... Which month is it? April? April. April 2009. And it's not like we're really stopping either. I mean, we're going to keep going. We've got some plans... Yeah. Secret plans. <laughs> that we'll tell you at the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let's start at the genesis. Why on earth did we want to travel? I don't know. I think I think we've both been brought up in families where we travel. And as Kiwis, there's this kind of thing. Everyone everyone travels. When you're in your late teens or early 20s, you go on an OE, which stands for overseas experience. And you just see a bit of the world. Now, most OEs are probably, I don't know, three, to, three months to a year. Yeah. We decided we wanted a slightly longer one. Yeah. So we were heading overseas. We'd finished university and become uh, English second language teachers in order to be able to travel. We figured yeah. that was a great job to kind of open up the entire world. So, um, yeah, so we, we did that. We paid off all our debts. We worked we, really hard. We and worked, worked and worked smart. and worked and worked and worked. But we didn't, we, we, Craig had a student loan and we both had overdrafts and we just didn't really want to travel with, you know, debts hanging over us. So we worked really hard, paid that off and saved so that we had a bit of a buffer if things went wrong. So in January 2006, we um, got rid of everything, downsized, and we jumped in a car with our friend Ange and um, headed down from Auckland, New Zealand down through the North Island to Wellington, where we crossed over to the South Island and walked the Queen Charlotte track and then had a, uh, a two- to three-week road trip with it was Ange. Great. It was so cool. Then we, uh, we landed in Christchurch, spent a few days there, and then flew back up to Auckland before taking off on the, the great overseas adventure. We first went to Hong Kong and Macau, so it was just a, a stopover, really, but it was a really good one, and then flew up to England for a few days. Yeah, while we were in England, we uh, stayed with some friends, and we had kind of organized a job in Malta. Sort of, maybe, kind of. Sort of, maybe, kind of. So we, we flew down to Malta and um, set ourselves up there. We ended up spending six months in Malta, and um, it was good times and bad times. Definitely. It was definitely a learning experience. So um, we spent six months here, and um, we met some nice people and had some good times. The weather was baking hot. Oh, it was brilliant. It was lovely. And they've got really cool cultural history there. They've got the oldest freestanding structure in the world. Yeah. And, um, you good know... Cheese. Good cheese. yeah. But if, if you like old stuff, if Stonehenge or the Pyramids flicks your bick, 
then you've really got to get to Malta and see the um, the Gigantia temples and also these cool um, underground oh, um, temples. That was cool. They're carved out of solid rock, and nobody really knows how old they are, but they are very, very old. It's at least 4,000 years, which is quite a long time, really. Yeah. So it came time to leave Malta, and um, we left by ferry. We went up to Sicily, and then we did uh, the crazy, first of crazy many, ra- yeah, rail trip. the first of many extremely long rail trips. We went from um, from Sicily up to Rome. Now Sicily's an island, and mainland Italy it's isn't, an island. <laughs> and there's no bridge between the two. So what they do is they drive the entire train onto a ferry, and the ferry closes up, you go across the strait, and then on the other side, they connect the train tracks back up again off the ferry, and the entire train rolls off the ferry and back onto the mainland trail track. It was spectacular. It's amazing. And this was all in the middle of the night. It was a, we were sleeping over on the train. Yeah. It was an adventure getting on it, because we just had regular tickets, no reserved seats, and we didn't really know how these worked. So um, we were waiting for the train, and there were lots of people standing on the uh, platform, like poised and ready to run and we're like what's going on here so when when the train arrived everyone ran and we got on too we ended up getting in the first class compartment of course we only had second class tickets but um the whole train was packed out every single seat was taken there were people packing the aisles and we'd managed to get seats and it worked out in the end after we discussed in very bad italian and very bad english with a a, a person who was also in our compartment we managed to make it work and we it was all all right so we got quite comfortable seats on the way out. Yeah, unlike many of the people who were sleeping in the aisles of the train. Yeah, it was, shocking. was madness. But it was fun. So then we, we arrived in Rome in the in the morning and had a full day in Rome seeing, you know, the Colosseum and all of the things you see in Rome. Stayed one night, another day, and then hopped on another overnight train up to San Remo. I don't know yeah. what we were thinking. <laughs> so we spent some time in northern Italy. That was really cool. San Remo, a little village town, a uh, mountain village called Bayardo, and then um, Piacenza, which yeah, was quite a large city. And that was really nice. Yeah. Then we met up with uh, Linda's sister, Anna, her partner, Matt, and we headed up to uh, Switzerland. Yeah. It was cool. We were up in Geneva, and... From there is where we started our first Eurail Pass. We had <laughs> about 15 days of complete madness. That's right. We, um, we got one of the passes where you can use it as much as you like for the, for the life of the pass. So 15 days, no stopping. And so we didn't stop. We, we just stayed somewhere different every night. So we'd get on the train in the morning, get off for lunch somewhere, get back on the train get off for dinner somewhere, get, up, get back on the train, stay somewhere for dinner and um, for the night, and then get back on the train. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to remember where we went. I remember we went to, um, to Lucerne, to a few places in central um, Switzerland, then Zug. over to yeah, Zug. Um, go back and find episode four <laughs> or five if you want to hear the story about Zug. Zug was amazing. It involves a very large Swiss-German man, a very small Swiss uh, teenager, and far too much urine for a dorm room. We, were, we wrote a lyric <laughs> about it. It was quite amusing. Yeah, so head back right into the archives for that story. Um, then we went up to our Zurich, Bern, and then to Salzburg. We dipped into Austria, up into Germany. During the uh, the Munich Beer Fest, we spent about 
two hours in the train station. Yes, that's right. <laughs> um, surrounded by drunk Americans and lederhosen. That was um, I hope you guys all have those lederhosen. And um, <laughs> then we headed right up into Bremen, uh, which is where you get the story, the musicians of Bremen, which yeah. some people might remember from childhood. Um, up there, then where? We went up into Holland. Yeah. Yeah, up in Holland to see some friends of ours, and then down into Utrecht, and then Amsterdam. And that was the end. It was 15 days of complete madness. Yeah, Yeah, two or three cities every day. It was fun, though. I had a good time. It was great fun, but we were exhausted. We (laughs) We didn't even see much of Amsterdam, I think. We just slept and wandered around for a couple of hours a day. That's right. So after that, we headed to St. Albans, where a couple of our friends were living. Mm-hmm. And they were very enthusiastic for us to come and live with them for a while. So we did. We yeah. split the rent. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Well, St. Saint- <laughs> Albans is a small town just outside of London. It's one um, of the old Roman cities, though. It's quite spectacular. Mm. Lots, of, lots of old ruins. and Yeah. Yeah. So, nice um, so it's about 20 minutes out of London. Um, but we were so poor that we couldn't even afford the train trip down into London and back again. We did it twice, I think, in the three months we were there. Yeah, and once (laughs) once, for a job interview. And the other time was for leaving. (laughs) (laughs) So it was here in St. Albans where we actually started the Indie Travel podcast. This is where it all kicked off. We were sitting around thinking, you know, we've learned so much over the last um, eight months that it's really, you know, we wish somebody had told us how to wash our clothes while we're in a hostel. We wish someone told us um, how to reserve a ticket on an Italian train. (laughs) We wish someone had told us how to sleep comfortably in a train compartment. Uh We wish someone had told us time after time all of these practical, useful tips that are just not in the guidebooks and they're kind of buried in in forums and expat communities online. But nobody's broadcasting them. Nobody's actually giving us practical, useful information on traveling full-time, traveling independently, traveling on a budget. That's right. So we thought, well, what we'll do is we'll start the Indie Travel Podcast. And we did. We did indeed, yeah. It was really, um, the thing that made it a podcast rather than just a website was our flatmate, Paul Salas's suggestion. So, big ups to Paul. We like you, Paul. Yeah, cheers, man. I think he still listens, even. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think he might have stopped at episode 99. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so Salus was the uh, the genesis of this site being a podcast rather than just another static website or blog. And um, we've come a long way since those crackly, like, three to five minute beginnings we did. We were recording everything on a PowerBook G4, an Apple laptop, using the inbuilt mic. And um, we're still using that computer, but it now makes such strange noises that we're waiting on it to crash any month now it's very old (laughs) yeah if anyone would like to sponsor us with a a brand new (laughs) macbook pro we'd be very happy to talk with you but um it's still running but we've come a long way since then so we left st albans at christmas time and we um we met up with some friends in in london and then headed over to prague for christmas which was magical it was so cool we had a wonderful week just Kicking around all the historic courtyards, into the bars, in for some mulled wine, in for a beer. It was just beautiful. I remember on Christmas Day for us, the 25th, we had this wonderful three-course meal. And 
even though we'd been living in the UK on minimum wage for three months, we could afford this three-course meal. It was great. Prague was brilliant. And then on uh, the 27th, it snowed, and it was so cool. We went out and made snowmen and had a snowball fight and then came back and had champagne. Yeah, it was a great time. And what's a European New Year's celebration without Edinburgh? That's right. We went to Edinburgh for Hogmanay, and that was pretty cool too, except for that all the celebrations were cancelled. Because of the big storm that swept through. We so. still had a good time. There were still some fireworks, and we were with our best mates, so yeah. it was all good. We were sitting in the hostel, just chatting, and I think we were playing some cards around 7 o'clock in the evening, and big groups of people started leaving the hostel to go out to the parties. And we were still there at about 9.30, 10 o'clock, when all of these groups came back in again, soaking wet. And yeah, the entire Hogmanay street party had just been completely cancelled. We were lucky though, we, we went out about 10.30, and there were still things happening. You know, we went up to the castle, and there were heaps of people. And we didn't get wet, it didn't rain on us, so that was good. Yeah. yeah, and my family's from Scotland, so while we were up there, we spent uh, a few weeks going around, visiting them all, um, encroaching on their hospitality, maybe a little bit too That's much. Right. We, we planned to stay with one lot of relatives for maybe three or four days, but then we realised we had absolutely no plans, no job, no money, and so we ended up staying for about ten days or so until mm. we found a job interview in France, so we head over to Paris for a job interview. Yeah, well, we decided not to take the job, so we uh, came back. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, we ended up taking a job which sustained us over the next next while. And this is the beginning of 2007 now, and I'll always remember 2007 as the year of crazy travel. Oh, but it was the best. It was like the epitome of what we wanted to do. Yeah. In 2007, I think we went to around 20 or 25 countries, about 14 or 15 of them we had never been to before, and the longest we spent in one place was 13 nights. That's right. One, three. 13 nights in the same bed was the longest we stayed in any place. Now, we quite often stayed in the same bed for five or six nights, but it would usually be five or six nights in one place, then one night in another place, and five or six nights in another place... And then another place, another place, you know. It was crazy, but it was so much fun. Yeah. So in 2007, we saw a large chunk of Western and Central Europe. We saw a lot. We spent most of our time in Austria. Austria, Italy, Turkey. Turkey, And we also visited the Baltics. Yeah. We went to Poland, Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, Finland. Went to Hungary, Slovakia. um, Where else? Romania. Um, Serbia, Croatia, France. Let's just keep going on. I can't even remember. Yeah, there were so many places. But let's just do a couple of highlights then, because that's just crazy talk. What would be your 2007 highlight? Well, my highlight would be Chesky Krimov. We worked for two weeks, and, you know, we'd been really quite poor the year before, but we managed to make a little bit of money doing this work, and we had a week off. So we headed up to the Czech Republic, to this little town called Český Kromov, which was just a magical little town. And it was, it was autumn, it was getting on to winter, but we were all bundled up in our clothes, sitting out by the river, waiting for a table to become available at this uh, restaurant we wanted to go to. And they'd given us blankets, so we were all bundled up in these blankets, and we were served hot mead, honey wine. So sitting by the river Vltava, sipping our wine, knowing that we were able to afford a whole week holiday, doing whatever we wanted. And I just turned to Craig and said... This really is the life, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) 
We laughed and laughed that night. I don't think it was just the honey wine. We just had this blissfulness, this, I don't know, this wonderful travel feeling that we were here in a foreign place doing something so strange, something we never, ever do at home. And it just felt so good and so right. And we were so carefree and it it just, it was cool. It was really good. I'll remember Chesky Krumlov as probably having my favorite hostel that we stayed at in our entire time traveling so far. Uh, So big ups to the crew at Krumlov House. And if you're going to Chesky Krumlov, try and get a bed in their their nice little hostel. Yeah, they're they're probably the smallest hostel in Chesky Krumlov, but they're also the oldest and I'd say the friendliest. Not that we stay at all of them, so we can't really judge, but we like them. (laughs) Now, near the end of the year, we went to uh, Turkey for the first time. And this is something that would be one of my travel highlights oh, yeah. of 2007. We've been spending a lot of time in Europe. And although every country is so different, it's all very European. Um, Surprisingly. Things like visiting. If you go into a town, there's, there's cathedrals and there's museums. And you kind of know what they'll look like. And yeah, they're all spectacular. They're all beautiful they're and fantastic, similar. but they're all European. And and we were kind of jaded, I think. We were we by that time we were just travelling because we travelled. We were you know there was we lost a bit of a bit of energy and enthusiasm. And then we went to Turkey and it was so different. We um this is where we spent our thirteen nights in a town called Borsa, well a city of several million called Borsa. Very big city. <laughs> um, and we stayed there for thirteen days. But it was just so different. We had um crammed public transport in the form of dolmushes, which is somewhere between a bus and a taxi. Um they run set routes but they don't run on a timetable. So if you see one you flag it down and if there's a seat available you get in. And if yeah. there's three seats available and there's four of you, you still get in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it was just so so alien, so different. And after traveling in Europe so long, we got this fresh sense of adventure, this fresh sense of, wow, this difference. And, yeah, it was cool. And it really reignited our, our love of traveling again. Um, you know, even when you are visiting different places week after week, you can become so jaded it's not something that only happens at home um i will never forget the wonderful christmas that we spent that year that was spectacular we were in germany for the i don't know third or fourth time and we wanted to go and see one of linda's old students anna yeah and um we've been in europe for almost two years and we hadn't caught up you know we'd spent quite a lot of time when she, she lived in new zealand for a year we'd spent a bit of time together and we so went we, hiking up in the waitakeries yeah. and it was cool. So we really wanted to see her. So I sent her an email saying, we've been here for two years and we haven't seen you. What's the story? You know, can we, can we meet you? We're going to be in Germany on the 21st. She sent one back saying, oh, it's Christmas. I don't know. It's kind of busy. And then an email came through that I actually found in my spam folder. And it said, Linda, my family would like to invite you for Christmas. And I'm so glad I found it because we accepted the invitation and we just had the best Christmas. Yeah, so I went up there and uh, met her boyfriend and her parents and her brother Paul and um, her grandparents. Her grandparents, and we just had a wonderful time. We she taught us how to snowboard, and we're up in a little little area called Fischland, which is right up the top of Germany in a little town called Vustro. It's just a little kind of holiday village, and 
It was just so beautiful. Yeah, it was nice. Now, from there, we were hoping to meet up with some friends that we had met on the West Highland Way, which is one of Britain's kind of premier walking tracks from Glasgow up to uh, Fort William. Mm. And uh, we are hoping to meet up with them. They lived in Berlin. But we got an email just before we were about to go saying, oh, we're going down to our, to our parents' place to, um, you know, to celebrate New Year's. So we went to Machete. Now, Machete is an even smaller town than Oberschutz. <laughs> <laughs> but we had the best time there as well. We were just looked after, and, and our friend's mother just, oh, just treated us as one of the kids. She, she darned your gloves. Yes. <laughs> I still can't believe it. And, she fed us far too much yeah. very nice German food. After every large, delicious meal that we had, she'd look at us with these big eyes and say, Ein bisschen... <laughs> And that means a little, you know, a little more, a little more. And you'd sit there going, no, no, thanks, no, thanks, no, thanks. And then she'd go to put it down with such a hurt look and say, not a little. You go, okay, just a little. At and which point she'd dump half a kilo of food on your plate. With a huge grin. So after oh, that, it was delicious it was, and fattening and amazing. It's exactly the kind of experience you want at the <laughs> Christmas New Year period. So after that, we headed down to Constance, where we met up with more old students. And um, it was really good, actually. A whole bunch of them all came together and we had a great New Year. Yeah, we had friends coming from all over Germany and up from Switzerland. And yeah, Constance is a university town in southern Germany. So it was full of fun parties and celebrations and a great place to spend New Year's. Yeah, it's right on, it's on the Lake Constance, which is bordered by Austria, Switzerland and Germany. So it's, you know, quite a quite a central place to meet people. Yeah. And actually, my dad flew over from New Zealand and we spent some time together. We were together for about a week. We drove up to, um, to Luxembourg. Wait, wait, wait. Before you go through the countries, I have to say, the beginning of 2008, oh, 2008 yeah. was a year of slowing down. This is when we spent, instead of a week in each place, we'd spend a month or two months or even six months in one place. But the beginning of 2008, <laughs> we went through seven countries in seven days. That's right. On, we, we had a nice relaxing New Year's Day, but then on the second, my dad, Craig and I and two friends, Lisa and Catherine, Lisa and Catherine hopped on a train, went to Liechtenstein, went through Switzerland, went through Austria and came back to Germany. So that's four. Then on the third, Lisa, Craig, mm-hmm. my dad and I hired a car, drove up through France and went to uh, uh, Luxembourg. We went to Switzerland as well to see the rainfall. That's right, but we'd already been to, to Switzerland the day before. Yeah, okay. Okay, so that's six countries. And then the next day, or maybe it was the day after we flew back to England, so that's seven, seven countries in seven days. Yeah. Um, it was amazing. Yeah, so... I just want to say thanks to everyone who looked after us in 2007. Family, friends, um, there's hundreds more people we met, we spent really good time with, and who looked after us we that we guys. just can't mention. <laughs> so thank you all. Thanks to everyone who, um, yeah, everyone who we traveled with and stayed with. And yeah, you guys are all awesome. It was spectacular. Well, so 2008, the year of slowing down. Obviously, we didn't start it very well, <laughs> but it did, did turn out to be quite a slow year. I mean, yeah. it was nice. We kind of experienced places a bit more. We kind of mm. immersed ourselves. Yeah. In the first couple of months, we spent quite a bit of time in Britain, um, another few weeks in Austria, and another few weeks in Turkey. Um, 
And then we headed out on our big trip to Spain. And at this point, the podcast kind of disappeared for a month. Well, we were planning on buying a microphone that we could take with us to record. Because we obviously, we were walking with Mino to Santiago. We didn't want to carry a two-kilo laptop with us. Let's translate that into English. We were walking a thousand kilometers over a month. We didn't want to carry a two-kilogram <laughs> laptop with us. So we, we'd ordered this microphone... And um, we're getting it delivered to the place we stayed in England. But it didn't arrive in time. Actually, it had arrived in the country, and it was at their depot, but we couldn't get to it. They were supposed to deliver it one day. They promised to deliver it the next day before we flew out. Ah, it was just shocking. So um, our cousin said he'd he'd send it on to us and get it post-restant. So a lot of the time we were walking off, okay, hopefully we can get it in the next town. So we go to the next town, go to the post-restant. No, it's not there. It was so frustrating. It was because it was being delivered by courier, and the courier's... Wouldn't you know, the, the post restaurant people wouldn't accept couriers? Yeah, and there's, a, there's a, a, a travel tip. If you're sending something post restaurant, don't send it by any method that needs to be signed for, yeah. because the post office won't sign for it and take responsibility. Yeah, send it normal mail. So we were hoping to record and then have all these podcasts to put up when we finished walking our thousand kilometer walk, but. We just kind of followed our microphone around the country a bit, (laughs) and uh, all our grand plans were scuppered. But the Camino was brilliant. I mean, it's an ancient pilgrimage. It's it's pre-Christian. It's come back to life at various times, and then at other times it's just kind of disappeared into nothingness. Um, At the moment, it's going through a big um, kind of Revival. revival, a big rebirth, a big renaissance. And, um, Why don't you say that through different ways again? Okay. Um, <laughs> a big restarting. Of, <laughs> all right, I go give up. Um, but yeah, we walked a large part of the Camino Francais. We walked from Pamplona, where they do the running of the bulls each year, and um, where Hemingway, who's a writer that I enjoy, I'm sure many people do, uh, <laughs> where he spent a lot of time and did a lot of writing. Uh, so we walked from, from there um, west, basically. We passed through Burgos and Leon and um, several other towns I can't remember. Lots of little towns and quite yeah. a few big cities that we can't remember. And we finally got to Santiago and we had the best time, you know. We'd be walking just by ourselves, well, the two of us together. But you met a lot of people in the hostels we'd stay at night who were doing the same thing. And, you know, people generally tend to walk about the same distance every day. And um, so we formed these really cool relationships. Maybe we'd walk with someone for a half an hour or for half a day. It was just really magical. Yeah, so the Camino was brilliant. And we finished the Camino and um, we went over, went back to Britain to to repack and get kind of changed from our hiking life into our our real life. We headed down to Sofia. Um Sofia was brilliant. It's it's got such vibrancy at the moment. It's a city I'd really like to to go back to. Um, it really seems to be waking up. But we spent a couple of days there and then did an overnight train to Turkey. Now this is another wedding anniversary story. It was a all night customs circus and not the not, not the a nice circus. no not not the luxurious. Um, overnight train experience we were hoping for. What we didn't know was that we could have gone by bus and it would have been a lot easier during the day and not quite so many stops. So we were heading to Turkey to meet up with Linda's family and go to the Gallipoli um, celebrations I guess. Um, During World War I a lot of British, Australian and New Zealand soldiers were 
slaughtered mercilessly at Gallipoli, and at the same time mercilessly slaughtered lots of Turks. Um, it was kind of the end of the Ottoman Empire, and um, Gallipoli's become synonymous in New Zealand, Australia, and Turkey with War Memorial Days. Yeah. So, so our um, War Memorial Day really is Anzac Day, where we remember those people who died at Gallipoli, as well as all people who fought in wars and died. Mm. But that's that's the day where we remember our war dead. And it's, it was also kind of the birth of a nation for New Zealand and Australia because it was the first time um, Kiwis and Aussies went to war as Kiwis and Aussies and not so much as British people. Mm. And that was where national identities were forged. And for Turkey it was important too because that's where their national leader Ataturk came into his own in this, in this battle. Mm. So, and he was the one that led them from a, a failing empire into a new democracy. That's right. And it's the birth of modern Turkey. So Gallipoli's... We didn't know this before we went. We, integral we was, to the myth. That's right. Yeah. We knew that it was important for New Zealand and Australia, but we didn't realise how important it was for Turkey as well. So for these three nations, it was the birth of the nation. A very, very important time. And so lots of Kiwis, Aussies and Turks go to Gallipoli, Anzac Day, to remember... And to, to take part in the the memorial services, and it was good. I mean, it was it was a very moving time, and it was freezing cold, but it was great to be there with all these other Kiwis and Aussies and Turks, and just just remember, you know. Mm. So we spent time in um, in Turkey, then made our way over to France, where we spent um, some time in the Champagne region, and we also had the use of a canal boat for a week. So we um, we floated very very slowly down the canals of central France. It was fast um, to walk, but the experience was very good. <laughs> yeah, it was great. So um, so we spent that time, and then we were absolutely broke, absolutely jobless, and we once again had a brilliant friend who helped us out. Um, our friend Teresa had a a holiday home in the Isle of Wight, and she said. You can use it, you know, if you want. We said, can we have it for a month? And she said, can we have it for a couple of weeks? And she said, yeah, no problem, have it for as long as you want. And the time kind of extended as we still had no money and still had no job. But this was May 2008, and... We had a lot of time on our hands and a very, very little internet connections. But this is where things really kind of kicked off and began to grow for the podcast. We're up to episode 56, I think. We're in the mid-50s. Um, and in the beginning of the month, we published our first article. Um, just before we went to White, we published our first Travel Talks video and started that first season and um, we also started enhancing our podcast, so the iTunes feed was uh, was born. After White, we managed to escape the island, although we did get down to our last, what was it, eight pounds? Eight pounds plus our emergency money back home. Yeah, but yep. we couldn't get to the emergency money back home. It was very, very difficult to actually get it over. So we, yep. were, we were really hitting rock bottom. But then we, um, we headed to Spain, and we had a really good two weeks there, and it was really great. We managed to find some money somehow, and um, and then came back and got a job in Hastings. Mm. So, yeah, so in Hastings, um, I was working and Linda's... Yeah, so in Hastings, um, I was working and we managed to scrounge up enough money to get somewhere where um, we could both work rather than just me. So we, we saved and saved and saved for a couple of months. And in Hastings, we, we met some really cool people as well. And um, um, Paul, the, the son of the family that we stayed with in 
in Germany for Christmas the previous year, came over and spent some time with us, and that was really cool. Yeah. He, he really injected a bit of life into our time in Hastings. Hastings was a bit boring. Yeah, so hi, Paul. Hi, Paul. Uh, we went from Hastings up to Scotland, where we saw my family again and did a kind of a big farewell tour, as it were. And um, then we flew down to Malaysia, where we were lucky enough to stay in Kuala Lumpur with one of my old students. We like our students. Yeah. <laughs> then we went to Perth, where we had a, a really great time. We weren't expecting it to be so fantastic, but we, we spent some time with my family. Quite a lot of my family lived there, actually. Didn't realise it at the time. Yeah, and, and we both worked and worked and worked. But we had good work. We really, I really loved my work. I, I made some really good friends. I had some really good students. They probably aren't listening to this because they're beginner English students. <laughs> I love you guys anyway. <laughs> and then we, we were thinking about going home after three months, but we're having a really good time. Things are going really well. So we decided to stay for another three-month contract. So we did. And then it was time to start heading homewards. So Craig's parents came over. We spent five days with them in the south of Western Australia, through the Margaret River region, down to Albany. And then um, we headed over to see my sister in... Adelaide? Adelaide, yeah. We got a small plane for the day and flew up over Lake Eyre, which is um, it's just crazy. It's the fifth largest drainage lake in the world. It's huge. And it's you can empty. You can drop countries into it, and it's completely empty a lot of the time. Most of the time. It only floods every five to ten years. Yeah. Only when there's lots and lots of rain. So if you've heard about these huge floods in Queensland... All of that, all of that is draining into this lake. And they're only expecting the lake this year to get between 60 and 70% full. But um, it's just amazing. So we went from there out to Melbourne. And in Melbourne, we met up with one of our best friends, Graham. Uh, We also got to meet up with um, some of the Lonely Planet crew in their Melbourne office, Vivek and Vanessa. And we went to, um, to lunch with... Travelerspoint.com's um, Eric, Peter, and Dimitri. And we also saw um, Sean Keener, who's the co-founder of Boots and All, and Brandy. They're on a, a large travel, I don't know, six months, I think? <laughs> yeah, about six months. Um, they're blogging at shrandy.com. And, um, yeah, it was cool. We got to meet a lot of people. Yeah, it was really great. Then we headed up to Brisbane where we met one of our friends that we met in Malta right back in the day. And it was crazy because we hadn't seen her for two and a half years, but we'd still seen her more recently than most of our friends back home. So that was quite cool. But we spent some time catching up with her and her boyfriend and then came down to the Gold Coast just for a couple of days. And then the great homecoming. The great homecoming. My goodness, we've been here. We flew in on Friday night last week. We're recording on Friday morning, so we haven't quite been here a week yet. It feels like much longer. It does. I mean, our work over the last week has been to try and see somebody for lunch and for dinner every day. We've just been catching up with a lot of friends that we have maybe seen once or twice over the years, but... Really, we, we haven't seen most of them for more than three years. Yeah, we keep running into people, they look exactly the same. It's like, wow, you look exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> and we haven't seen them for three, three and a half years. Yeah, but it's so brilliant to be back in a country where you're loved, yeah. where you know people, you can meet people, and you've got a lot of shared experience. And, you know... The it, jokes are all the same, and the <laughs> fun is still the same, and you just... You know who you are with them. You don't have to kind of establish yourselves again. Mm. 
Yeah, so we're having a really good homecoming so far. We'll let you know when reverse culture shock sets in in about eight months. Oh. But um, <laughs> we are. Um, this episode is getting really long, but you'll excuse us because it's episode one hundred and dun, dun, dun. the only chance we really have to to reminisce. So um, excuse us as we talk about the future. The future. The yeah. future. What are we, are we doing? We've come home after a three-year world trip. Most people don't travel that long in their entire working life. This is true. And I think we expected to come home and kind of stop for a bit. That was that was the plan for a long time. But that plan, well, A, doesn't work very well for us. And B, was never really going to be the truth. So we're back in Auckland. We've got one more week here. <laughs> 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 for a week and we've got one more to go and then we're going to do a little bit of travel around New Zealand before coming back and heading to China. Yeah, we've been invited on the China Travel 2.0 tour. Um, There's a bunch of new media kind of travel people and um, yeah, we're getting flown up to China for a couple of weeks of of crazy travel fun. It's going to be pretty good but um we haven't traveled this way before we've never been on a press trip we've never um done any travel yeah we've never we've done a couple of day tours to places that are hard to get to but we've never ever been involved in a long multi-day tour this is going to be extremely interesting this is going to be something really different for us um and I hope it's going to go well. Of course, we'll be talking about it here on the show and on the website and on Twitter. But, um, yeah, it's just going to be... Interesting. Interesting and fun and cool. So we're going to China for a few weeks. Then we're going to head off to um, to Tonga for now, a week. In our defense, <laughs> we didn't know about China when we booked the trip to Tonga. We thought we'd have been in New Zealand for three months and have itchy feet and need to get out. So we booked this trip to kind of... To break satisfy, up. Yeah, to yeah. satisfy our travel, travel urge. So it does sound like we're traveling a lot, but that's just the way it worked out. Honest. Honest, really. <laughs> um, in July, we'll be back in Auckland, and at the moment, we have very honest intentions of spending several months here and really re-establishing our relationships with our friends and family that are here and catching up and spending lots of time with them, but... I don't really know if it'll be happening. We'd like to, honest. What we'll probably do is a lot of tramps. We like like bushwalking and we'll probably head out for four or five good long walks in the forest. Yeah. So we'll do the Kwaikira Moana, we'll do the root burn. Yeah. I'm keen to go back up to Pukiri Forest, which is um, the first place we ever went tramping and it's very close to our hearts. So we'll do it. We'll go to the um, Nangatanoka Hot Springs. Yeah. Don't tell anyone about that. Yeah, you didn't hear about the Mangatanoka hot springs from us, okay? Keep it secret, keep it safe. Yes. Uh, so we're going to be, you know, exploring New Zealand again and catching up with friends. Next year we are looking at doing our first round-the-world trip. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people do a round-the-world trip as their big expansive time of travel. For us it's seeming like a short time and and we can excuse ourselves from a year to to kind of go away and travel again. With these round the world trips you you could you have to use the trip within a year, so we have to be back within the year. Which Mm -hmm. will be good for us because Or we can just stop somewhere and flag the rest of the ticket. Well this is true. This is true. So we're thinking about going to South America for a few months, back up to England for a month or so, maybe a bit of Spain, maybe a bit of North Africa. 
Yeah, a bit of Asia on the way home. We're not really that planned in this regard. No. But um, yeah, so the Indie Travel Podcast certainly isn't going away, and the Indie Travellers certainly aren't stopping travelling, or being Indie for that matter. Um, And yeah, it's going to be good. I mean, one other highlight that just came up a couple of months ago relating to the show itself is winning the Lonely Planet Best Podcast in Lonely Planet's first travel blog awards. Oh, it's so exciting. We're so, I mean, we love making this podcast. We love talking about tips and destinations and traveling because we love traveling. And it's really good that Lonely Planet thinks it would do a good job at it. Yeah. So that really wouldn't have happened without um, the help of the people that are writing for us, our authors, um, those that have been with us from the beginning, like Jessica, Dave, and Sherry, and the new authors that are, are beginning to write for us. Um, it's just been really cool to have your support and also the support of our audience. And yeah, yeah, love you guys. It's really cool. So thanks for your emails. Thanks for commenting on IndieTravelPodcast.com. And um, I hope you're going to get behind us next month when we try and do a big subscriber drive. At the moment, we've got just over 300 people listening on our iTunes feed. Next month, I want to see if we can get that over 1,000 people. So we're going to be doing some stuff next month to um, to try and let people know about it. And I really hope you're going to find 5 or 10 minutes a week to to do something small for us, which together will have a huge impact. Well, I think that pretty much covers what we've done in the last three years. Yeah, this is a really long episode and we apologize. But like I said, it's a chance for us to, to vent and to remember and to kind of share some of this with you. So have a great week traveling and until next week, travel well.